Hi, I'm Alex Rubin, and you're listening to Grace to Your World, a teaching ministry focused on providing an understanding of the grace of God, which will empower you to change your world and to live the overcoming life. You see, God wants us to live in victory. In order for us to do so, we must have an understanding of His unconditional love and His unmerited favor that has been made available to us through the finished works of Jesus Christ. Now stay tuned for a special teaching today taken from one of our recent local gatherings. To find out more about our ministry and to access other free resources, simply head to alexrubitministries.org. And with that being said, let's get into today's message. Bless you. And so I want to start off here in the book of Zechariah, chapter 4, verse 6. And this is what he says He says, Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. And so, not by might, nor by power. We've been talking about this. Now, what this is really talking about. Is, is grace. Not by might nor by power is really talking about grace. In other words, what's getting ready to happen in your life, what God is looking to do in your life, I want you to understand it's not going to be by might. It's not going to be by your self-effort. It's not going to be because you know, you've performed well enough or you've kept all the rules uh, well enough. No, he says it's going to be by the Spirit of grace, by the Holy Spirit. He says, not by might. He says, I don't want you to rely upon your own efforts. I want you to trust in the Holy Spirit who is working in you. Verse 7, look at this. He says, Who art thou, O great mountain? Praise God. That's what you want to say every now and then to your mountain. Say, man, whatever the challenge is, you want to say, Who are you? Who are you, health challenge? Who are you, financial challenge? Who are you, marriage challenge? You want to say, Who art thou, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, thou shalt become a plain, and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings, crying, Grace, grace unto it. And so, Remember this, the Holy Spirit is key. He's your unseen partner. The Holy Spirit is your unseen partner. Turn over to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 29. Uh, We'll look at that in the uh, King James and then in the Amplified. But the Holy Spirit, like I've been sharing in these past few weeks, is is really key uh, to this new covenant of, of grace. The Holy Spirit is our unseen partner. In other words, we do our part, amen? Uh, we're not talking now about being passive. No, we do our part. You know, we get into the Word. Uh, we meditate the Word. Uh, we, we, we operate in our authority as, as believers. But what I want you to understand is that breakthrough is going to come. Watch this, man. Breakthrough is going to come when you get to a place of rest. Breakthrough is going to come when you begin to, to rest in, 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 in this knowing that what Jesus has done for you is enough. And, and watch this. When you rest in the finished works of Jesus Christ, I'm going to show you today how Jesus and the Holy Spirit really uh, work together, amen, how they're really inseparable. When you rest in the finished works of Jesus Christ, amen, because Jesus shed his blood, you've been made righteous. Because Jesus has shed his blood, healing has been made available to you. Deliverance has been made available to you. Soundness 
righteousness has been made available to you. Amen. When you rest in that, what you're doing is you're really now allowing the Holy Spirit to do what you can do. You're really allowing the Holy Spirit, praise God, to, to take you into the supernatural. Amen. Remember, you want to every now and then be adding some, some super to your natural. Amen. I want you to know that, that God wants you to add some super to your natural. Amen. Now look at uh, Hebrews 10.29. Let's review this as well. Let's look at it in the King James and in the Amplified. Uh, King James says, Of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy, who hath trodden under foot the Son of God, and hath counted the blood of the covenant, wherewith he was sanctified, an unholy thing, and hath done despite unto, this is what I want you to see, the Spirit of grace. I want you to really just notice that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of grace. That's key. Uh, look at this in the Amplified. Uh, and I'll just read the last part of that verse, or I'll, I'll read the whole thing, but, but I want to focus on the last part. Amplified says, uh, How much worse, sterner, heavier punishment do you suppose he will be judged to deserve who has spurned and thus trampled underfoot the Son of God and who has considered the covenant blood by which he was consecrated common and unhallowed, thus profaning it and insulting and outraging? Here it is the Holy Spirit who imparts grace, the unmerited favor and blessing of God. And so, and so let's, let's examine this today. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of grace, and the Holy Spirit imparts grace into our born-again spirit. And remember, grace is, is the unmerited favor of God. Amen. It's God being good to you, not because you earned it or deserved it. No, it's God being good to you, friend, because God is good and because of what Jesus has already done for us. Amen. Now, what does this look like when the, when the Holy Spirit imparts grace into our spirit? What this looks like is, is, is that, you know, that's when, when the Holy Spirit starts working in you. What I want you to see today, and I, I kind of hinted at this last time, I, I think I might have mentioned this last week, that grace is not something that can be understood merely intellectually. Praise God. I want, to really, I want us to really see today that grace is, is a spiritual, that grace is really spiritual. That grace is, is the spirit of grace. In other words, grace, watch this, grace in the born-again believer is a living reality that is at work within us, transforming us from the inside out. You see, the Holy Spirit imparting the grace of God into your spirit looks like this. You know, it looks like this. The stuff that you used to want to do, the desires you used to have that were contrary to the will of God for your life, he's going to take away those desires, and he's going to give you some new want-tos. The things you used to struggle with, when the Holy Spirit starts working in you, man, he's going to enable you to do what you couldn't do in your own. And so the, 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 the truth is that grace is a living reality that's on the inside of every born-again person. And watch this. I've shared before that grace is not a curriculum. Grace is not a doctrine. No, friends, grace is a person. You want to understand that grace is a person and his name is Jesus. How many know the Bible says Jesus full of grace and truth? Amen. Jesus full of grace and truth. And so Jesus is at work within us. How? Through his Holy Spirit. And so whatever challenge you face, whatever issue is going on in your life, the way, the solution to that challenge is not you struggling and striving. No, it's you trusting that 
man, he's working in me. Jesus is working in me. Amen. The Holy Ghost is at, at work in me. And so when you learn to rest in that, and remember, you're doing your part, but you, you know, you're not sweating. I want us to really see when we're talking about this year being a year of exceeding glory, that the way this is going to happen and the way this is going to manifest, the, the way this is going to manifest for our church and for our ministry is not by us sweating and striving the way the world does. No, it is us trusting our unseen partner. It is us trusting the Holy Spirit. It is us knowing that we, as I've shared with you before, have access to the supernatural. When the supernatural begins to invade your life, that's when there's a sudden, uh, in other words, you know, when the, when the natural process is overridden, that's when the supernatural invades your life. In other words, doctor says there's a disease in your body, there's nothing we can do. Well, there's a natural process that would now happen as a result. Well, when the supernatural shows up, man, that's when you pray in the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's when you stand on the Word. Maybe somebody lays hands on you. You go back to the doctor and what they saw before, it's no longer there. Well, that was a supernatural intervention. And so we want to understand that the supernatural, when you, when you trust in the Holy Spirit, the supernatural really is to be a common occurrence in the church. This is what the Lord told me. He said that, that the church is to be a supernatural ministry. When you look at the book of Acts, you can see miracles were happening all of the time. The supernatural was happening all of the time. And so nothing's changed where God is concerned. Amen. It is us. Watch this. It is us being delivered from the stuff that used to hold us back. And I'll get into uh, uh, really sharing with you what that is. It is us. Uh, you know, uh, no longer trusting in our self-effort, no longer trusting in our performance and starting to trust the Holy Spirit. It's, it's us starting to trust, amen, what Jesus has already done for us, not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit of grace. If you understand that, say amen. And so as we believe this word of grace, as we believe this gospel of grace, and as I'll show you, as we behold Jesus in his, in his word, the Holy Spirit goes to work at us, and he begins to transform us into what we are beholding. In other words, the more you behold Jesus, the more you look to Jesus, the more you look to what he's done, man, the more you do that, the more the Holy Ghost is at work in you. And what is he doing? He's continuing to impart that grace of God into your spirit. He's continuing to impart his blessings and his unmerited favor into your spirit. And so what happens is that gradually, as you behold Jesus, gradually you find yourself more and more transformed into into his image and likeness. Remember, exceeding glory is when the glory of God shows up as your life, when you become a vessel and an instrument for the glory of God. And so the way this happens is, is you behold him and the Holy Ghost is at work on the inside of you. Uh, turn with me to Titus chapter 2, uh, verse 11. Titus chapter 2, verse 11. And uh, I'll really... I'm really trusting uh, the Lord to help me to uh, make this clear to you today. He's really been showing me some things and, and uh, just, you know, I've really been having these revelations about just really, just really grace and, 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 and how it ties to the Holy Spirit. I really believe that, you know, if we can get a hold of this, man, it's really going to set free so many people. And so... Look at this in Titus chapter 2, verse, verse 11, uh, starting at verse 11, uh, says this. He says, he says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Now let's stop right there. 
Now, the grace of God that bringeth salvation, how many know that's Jesus? Amen. Remember, uh, grace is a person. His name is Jesus. Jesus, full of grace and truth. And so, the grace of God that bringeth salvation is Jesus. And what he's saying is that Jesus, through his finished works, has made salvation available to every man. In other words, to the entire planet, to everybody uh, in, this, in this world. I want you to understand this radical truth that salvation is, is, is already available to everybody. I mean, how many know that Jesus, through what he did, he paid for the sins of the entire world? The sins of the whole world are paid for. In other words, uh, the Bible says in uh, 1 John chapter 2, verse 2, uh, that Jesus is the propitiation uh, for, for our sins, and not only for our sins, but for the sins of the entire world. And so the radical truth is, the radical truth is that nobody goes to hell for sinning. Why? Because the blood of Jesus already took care of your sin. And so what sends people to hell is not sin, but not believing on Jesus. And so the grace of God is available. It's been made available to the entire world. He says it's appeared uh, to every man. But why is not every man saved? Well, it's because not every man has believed. Amen. And so what gets a person saved is believing. Amen. Believing on Jesus. Now, uh, this is what I want you to see. Look at verse 12. Look at verse 12. He says, talking about grace, he says, this grace is teaching us. Now, I want you to catch a hold of that. Grace is teaching us. Grace is teaching us what? Uh, to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts. We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. And so, grace teaches us. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. I want us to really consider this now. Because um, what I'm going to share with you, as I said, is, is, is really crucial for us to understand how this new covenant operates. The question I want, I want to ask you is, is how does grace teach us? How does grace teach us? You know, there's a lot of controversy in the body of Christ uh, when it comes to uh, grace. You know, some people will say, well, Alex, if you teach too much grace, you're just giving people a license to sin. And so I started thinking about this and I started to really, uh, I started to really kind of meditate on this and, and, and go before the Lord. And, and I was asking, you know, how can this be that the church is so divided over grace when Watch this now, when, when we are under the covenant of grace. We're under, under the covenant of grace, amen? The new covenant is the covenant of grace. The gospel is the gospel of grace that we ought to be sharing with the world. And so if that's the case, how come the church can be so divided about grace? And so what I discovered, and, and really the Lord just showed me this last night, and so this is really, uh, this is really powerful. This is a very fresh uh, revelation uh, and so, so this is what, what he showed me is, is grace teaches us, amen? He says grace teaches us, but the question is, how does grace teach us? You see, the, 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 the way you will answer this question will determine whether or not you really understand this new covenant, amen? In other words, when, you, when a person answers this question along the lines of, well, grace teaches us uh, through the word, and that's correct, but if, if a person says, you know, grace teaches us 
by giving us a, a, a set of, of rules to follow. You know, here's the 10 steps that you follow. Follow these 10 steps and you're under grace. Well, then you've missed it. That's not how grace teaches us. You see, grace teaches us how through the spirit of grace. Man, you want to understand that grace is not this intellectual thing. Grace is not a curriculum. No, grace, as I said, is a person, is Jesus. And at the same time, grace is, is given to us. It's imparted to us through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit imparts grace, the spirit of grace. And so when the word is talking about grace, he's talking about the spirit of grace. He's talking about Jesus at work in the born-again believer by way of his spirit. And so how does grace teach us? Well, grace teaches us because grace is alive on the inside of us, praise God. Grace is even working on the inside of us right now. Grace is molding us and shaping us from the inside out, praise God. The way that grace teaches us is that grace is working in us right now. And as I said earlier, he's taking away those old desires. He's taking away those old want-tos. He's giving us new want-tos. He's replacing our old want-tos with God's will for our lives, praise God. Grace is at work on the inside of us by giving us a supernatural power to transform, praise God. Grace is, on, is at work on the inside of us by, by continuously shaping us more fully into who Jesus is, into the image and likeness of Jesus. And so grace is teaching us, not by giving us a set of rules to follow, no. Grace is teaching us by transforming us from the inside out. Look at verse... Uh, 13, he says, uh, let me read verse 12 again. He says, uh, teaching us, grace is teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, remember, that's the transformative power that's at work on the inside of you. And so grace is, is teaching you now uh, through the Holy Spirit working in you to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts and that we should live soberly and righteously and godly in this present world. Look at verse 13 looking for that blessed hope in the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, verse 14, who gave himself for us, praise God, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. I want you to see that, zealous of good works. You see, grace, somebody, somebody says, Alex, grace gives people a license to sin. No, the only reason that somebody would say that is because they don't understand the spirit of grace, praise God. You see, grace teaches us uh, 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 to live right. And watch this, grace is making us a zealous, praise God, of good works. What does it mean to be zealous of good works? It means that you have a desire to do right. You have a desire to live in a way that is pleasing to God. You have a desire to live according to who you are in Christ. Well, that is how grace is teaching you, friend. And so now, watch this. It's no longer about you uh, keeping the Ten Commandments. It's no longer about you uh, trying to perform uh, to get God to bless you. No, friend. It's about you trusting the Spirit of grace who is at work on the inside of you. And so very practically speaking, you still get into the Word, but... But you're not getting into the Word because you're trying to get God to do something for you. No, you're getting into the Word so you can, so, so you can behold Jesus. Amen. You're getting into the Word so you can see Jesus in the Word. And as you see Jesus in the Word, watch this, you're seeing who He's calling you to be in Him. And so I pray that you are catching this. You see, as I said, grace, uh, if a person thinks that grace teaches us merely intellectually, watch this, that person is living under the letter. Turn over to uh, Romans chapter 6, uh, excuse me, chapter 7, uh, verse 6. Romans chapter 7, 
uh, verse 6. I want to get into really uh, the contrast now between the, uh, the Spirit and living, living by the letter. Living by the Spirit and uh, living by the letter. Look at what Romans uh, chapter 7, verse 6 says. And now we're going to get radical. This might be radical for some people, depending on uh, what you have been heard, what you've heard taught, whatever your uh, denominational background might be. But I want you to really see what the word is saying here. He says in Romans chapter 7, verse 6, he says this. This is the Apostle Paul speaking, talking about every born-again believer. He says, but now we are delivered from the law. Now he's talking about the law of Moses. If you're in Christ, you have been delivered from the law of Moses. And I'll get into what that means in a second. But he says, but now we are delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we were held, that we should, watch this, serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of letter. And so let's break down what he's saying here. Now the letter, somebody says, what is the letter? Well, the letter is referring, strictly speaking, he's talking about the law of Moses. Uh, and, and, you know, when we talk about the law of Moses, we're not just talking about the Ten Commandments. No, we're talking about really the Ten Commandments and then the uh, 600 plus other commandments that were given uh, to, to the children of Israel at the time. And so he says, if you're in Christ, you have been delivered from the law. Now the letter is the law, but the letter really is, here's what it is. The letter is, is a cut and dry rule system. The letter is a cut and dry rule system. In other words, the letter says, do this and that will happen. The letter says, you have to do this. If you do this, then God is going to do that. And so the letter is a cut and dry rule system where it's all about your performance. And, and the, 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 the law, the letter of the law is, is, is cold, it's dry, it's inflexible, it has no spiritual life. Now, somebody says, Alex, uh, what are you saying? The, the law was given by God. The law is good. Well, friend, the law was given by God, but you want to understand the purpose for why the law was given. You see, the law of Moses was not given to bless you. No, the law of Moses was given actually really uh, uh, to show us our need for a savior. And, and, and you know, I've, I've, I've been sharing in these past few weeks about the glory of the new covenant. Remember, we've been contrasting new covenant glory versus old covenant glory. And really what this is now is it's the glory that comes through the spirit, through living by the spirit versus the glory that came through living by the law, the letter. Remember, I shared with you that the law of Moses reveals the glory of God separate and apart from man, whereas in Christ, God is looking to reveal his glory through you. Amen. In other words, under the law, man was separate from God because of sin. In Christ, however, man has been reconciled back to God. You've been reconciled to the Father through the finished works of Christ. And so, so the law, the purpose of the law was, was not to, to be a blessing. The purpose of the law was not to be a blessing. It was really to, uh, to show us our need for a Savior. Hey guys, thanks so much for joining me today. Now remember, grace is a living reality that is alive in the heart of every born-again believer. Friends, I'm Alex Rubit. You've been listening to Grace to Your World. 
be sure to join me again tomorrow as we continue growing in our understanding of God's grace. Now, once again, to find out more about our ministry and to access the full-length audios of this and other teachings, simply head to alexrubitministries.org. And if this podcast has been a blessing to you, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Help us to spread this good news of God's unmerited favor in and through the finished works of Jesus Christ. And one more thing, friends, if you'd like to support what God is doing in and through this ministry, you may do so by going to alexrubitministries.org forward slash give. I pray you continue to see God's grace manifesting richly in your life. Walk in his blessing, walk in his favor, walk in his goodness. And I look forward to talking to you again on tomorrow's podcast.